Hello and welcome to Trying Times. My name is Carmen and if you're new here then welcome. We're basically friends now, no pressure whatsoever. If you're returning then I've got a very exciting episode for you today. I'm sure you can tell from the title this episode is going to feature a conversation with a very special guest, Giren Rai. This is someone that I've known for quite a while now. She's a writer, actress, director, host, and overall just this very creative being who's kind of done it all. So I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. But before I get into that, I just want to let you guys know that there is a fun feature where you can be involved in the show. Yep, (laughs) you could be involved. So you can leave me a voice message if you want to be featured in an upcoming episode and we could talk about literally anything in there. You could mention something from past episodes, even from this episode, or just say hi. If that's it, it's just a voice message of you saying hi, that's totally cool too. I'll I'll respond. I'll include that in an episode if you want. So if you're comfortable with that and you want to do that, go ahead and click on the link in the episode description and hit record. I hope to hear from you soon, but in the meantime, let's get into this conversation. Okay, so I'm so excited to have Karen on today's show. Welcome to Trying Times. Hi. How are you? We're going (laughs) to act like we didn't just talk for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's so nice to hear from you. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good. (laughs) We haven't talked in so long, (laughs) but I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I know you've been put in that work and I know it's not easy. So I just want to say congratulations. This is awesome. This is huge. And I can't wait to get chatting. Oh my God. Thank you so much. (laughs) So where do we even start with this? Because I've known you now, I think for about five years, which is insane. It feels longer even though. It does. Honestly, I feel like we've (laughs) lived through a lot collectively. So (laughs) collectively, there you go. But already put in the plug in. (laughs) So throwing it a little bit back. Yeah. Throwing it back a little bit to how we met, if I'm remembering right you did like a big call out to kind of create like your creative crew around K-Ray. And I remember there were, there were a few different roles and I was one of the people working with you as like kind of an admin assist slash like personal assistant slash like production assistant, which was so cool. And I feel like there's so much you've done since then. But there's so much that you did leading up to that point, at least because I knew who you were. That sounds so creepy. I knew who you were. Oh, I, gosh, thanks. <laughs> I remember like seeing you pop up on YouTube. I want to say back in like 2014, 2015. Mm, yeah. And then this was like a few years after that. So I kind of discovered your work and I was just like, oh, my God, this is so cool. There's another Punjabi girl creating content. And a lot of your content also revolved around mental health advocacy, which was so Mm -hmm. huge for me because there was nobody talking about that or sharing that or pushing for that Mm -hmm. in that space, which was so cool. So I think right off the bat, I just kind of want to ask you what inspired you to merge your career sort of into like a creative sector and, and just like head into a creative career path. I always say this, but it sounds a little cliche because other people say this a lot too, but I always knew I wanted to be an actor. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And I would say that like the earliest memories I have was like when I was around five and I would say to my parents, Mm -hmm. like, I want to be an actor and I want to be rich and famous so I can help other people. Like it was weird. I was like, I, I, the fact that I even had that concept, like I want to make money so I can help 
other people. Like mm-hmm. it was weird. Mm-hmm. And I would say that to her, like to my dad and my mom, and they would just look at me like I was crazy. Um, <laughs> my dad's like, go be a doctor, right? So like, <laughs> Go be a doctor or a lawyer. And you're like, I'm going to do something different. <laughs> so funny. Cause my dad would literally say all the time, like I have early memories of this too. He'd be like, you're the one who's going to take care of me, even though oh I have two older God. brothers. He's like, you're the one who's going to have to take care of me, which is obviously a lot of responsibility. As kids. <laughs> you're five. You're like, okay, so maybe not acting, but I'm yeah. going to take care of you. I know this now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't really know how like the wording was, but I was like, I guess a pharmacist. I was like a person that makes medicine. I kept saying a person that makes medicine, oh a person God, that makes yes. medicine. I'll, I'll do something like that for you. And I'm like, I don't want to be a doctor. I just want to be a person that makes medicine. It's so weird because metaphorically, it's like, I almost kind of did that in some sort of way. Like, mm-hmm. and when I was in my 12th grade, I remember even though I had like taking drama classes, I'd done a couple of plays. I did like some sort of performing arts. Like I was always performing as well as like a, a dancer. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like everyone around me kept telling me it's not practical enough. It's not practical enough. So I felt like even at friends, like yeah. my friends were saying this, you know what I mean? At that age, like what? Uh, just like, don't say that. That's like yeah. the last thing I need to hear right yeah. now. <laughs> and those friends are like trying to become accountants or like lawyers or whatever. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, no, I was so fixated on the arts at some point. And I remember thinking like, okay, I guess like, if all else fails, I'll just become a child psychologist or something. And I was like, you know what, like, I really was interested in psychology. I was like, I'll just do that. It makes sense. But then I just like, as someone that was also dealing with depression at the time, I was like, is this really what I want to do where I can't, what if I can't help somebody, you know? And I was like, what if I can't heal someone, Mm. which is like going back to that feeling like of responsibility. Like, what if I, yes, I have the, like the tools, but then I can't help someone that would just like, I don't know what I would do. So I took a semester off before I went into like post-secondary and my heart was just set. And I really do recommend this to like any younger folks out there that are like confused. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on young folks. Like, Hey, you need to figure out your life at like 17, 18 years old. Yeah, no big deal. Go figure this out. <laughs> like, yeah. And you've only been doing the same thing over and over and over again for mm-hmm. how many years, right? Like you're in school, you don't get a chance to really just feel and think and you're just going on the next thing. Right. So I think mm-hmm. when I actually had that time where I was off, and like, all I was doing was working at Dollarama. And I was like, I need to be an actor. Like I have to go into media. Yeah. And I think that was the decision that I made that I was like, no, I got to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to start, but I'm going to start somewhere. And the way it started was literally all simultaneously kind of working at the same time. I ended up going into like I saw a Facebook call out from like the makeup artist that did my makeup when my prom. Oh my God. <laughs> Throwback. <Yeah, laughs> Throwback. So yeah. my prom makeup artist had a call out and she had students that were working under her, like her makeup artist students, and they needed models for a shoot because mm-hmm. they were like trying to test out their makeup and all of that. So I like just I'm like, all right, I'll do this. I don't know, you know? And back those times, like, I was really aging myself, but back those times, like, it was like literally, like, you had to do, uh, like, most of the South Asian models at that time were. Mm-hmm 
doing wedding industry or bridal type of mm. stuff. So it was just like, it was very hard for people to conceptualize otherwise. Right. Yeah. And so I was really glad and lucky enough to find other people that wanted to do cool things. And I think it was just started off very slowly, like meeting a makeup artist, starting mm-hmm. to do shoots with them and then their makeup artist friends and then this hairstylist and then this designer and this photographer like it was just became very organic in that way that's and, so cool like just finding yeah. that network and kind of forming that community slowly but surely yeah and it was interesting because when I was doing that which is like what I really recommend as well as young artists and creatives networking is your net worth for real like networking with people like-minded people even people that you might not even think like oh this person isn't aligned with what I you Mm -hmm. never know these people there's oh you can learn from every single type of person and you'll learn what you like and what you don't like in that process you know absolutely and so I've I've learned a lot about myself in the process of networking I had nobody in this industry I'm telling you nobody and there was like one other high school girl in my high school that was also modeling and she didn't she didn't care to like you know there was no <laughs> there was no hand out to, yes. to reach out and help because yes. god forbid anyone supported <laughs> how dare you know what I mean and I think because of that I was so adamant about being supportive to other people I was like no way I'm I'm never gonna make I didn't have that. So I, if I can create that space for others and like mm-hmm. try to make it as easy as possible and give you the ins and outs, I'll tell you what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. And it might actually work out for you. Uh, why not? You know? And I think in that process, as I developed this, like understanding, I also, uh, instead of going to school for all the other academia things, I decided yeah. to go to school for media productions and, Honestly, I think that was the best decision I made because I learned all the behind the scenes of Mm. how to create my own stuff and how to get into the industry. Because even if acting didn't work out, at least I knew how to do all the other stuff because I loved it so much. So it was just like, how can I learn to not only be a better actor or performer or model and all of that, but also know how to create my own stuff. So I don't depend on anyone, you know, and uh, along the way, obviously I found so many incredible people that have helped build this and like just an amazing, including you, like amazing, you you know, projects that I've been able to do over the years, but it, it started off very solo journey. And I think because I've had such an open heart about it and I would just go to all these shady things. (laughs) like the most craziest but honestly again learned so much right like I was never in danger or any of that it was just funny that's Um, the most important thing yeah it was not (laughs) it was not dangerous yeah (laughs) I always listen to your intuition if something don't feel right get out of there um (laughs) yeah me and Bali call it our Deborah don't ask why I you know what it makes (laughs) sense though for you guys if you like it just works (laughs) uh yeah, yeah. Just an inner white woman. What would the inner white woman do? What would she would do. Feel safe? She would yeah. get out here right now. Exactly. She would here. She would say, this isn't right. This, can I speak to the manager? No, I'm exactly. That's yeah. Karen, but still. Yeah. That's Karen. <laughs> Karen, not Karen, but okay. Yeah. Like just knowing all of that. And it came full circle. I think going back to what my dad said, I somehow in some sort of way as an actor was also, you know, as an actor, you have to 
know so much about the mental, emotional, physical being of a person, right? All of these behaviors and psychology and knowing psychological behaviors mm-hmm. really actually help influence me every time I had to play a character or like just knowing how mental health has such an effect on everybody in whatever way in trying to create work that does help people, gives them the tools and whatnot. And now I'm somehow going to schools and talking about mental health as that is amazing. Isn't that crazy? Full circle. It's, it's such a like, full circle. Yeah. So that's the end of the interview. <laughs> that's, that's it, guys. One question we're done. <laughs> this is it. Thank you so much. No, I'm kidding. That is so cool, though, because in so many ways, your life has just kind of kept looping back to yeah. this one major root kind of like meaning. Mm-hmm. But especially with the whole like children's psychologist thing, I didn't even know that that's so cool. I think that's such a cool job generally. I think the job of a psychologist generally is just mm-hmm. so cool and impactful, mm-hmm. but it is really insane to hear that and kind of be able to compare that to your work that I yeah. discovered, like, you know, just everything you've done kind of online through because a lot of it was tied to mental health and just pushing for that and talking about things that made people uncomfortable. But that's amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I know not everyone knows that at all. I think we always stay fixated on what we're supposed to be and you don't realize how things kind of, all the things you wanted to do. Like I would always say later in life, I'll become a teacher or professor. Like, I don't know. I just see mm-hmm. myself with like long gray hair and just being a teacher with all my wise mm-hmm. all, things the, to all share. the gems just yeah throwing I'm gems just out there such a wise old woman you know like yeah. I just I <laughs> picture myself that way and I'm like oh I'm already going to schools and talking to the school boards and yeah. already doing that it's weird it's like I've it's already been in universities track. and teaching younger folks what's what's good (laughs) that's so cool yeah what's good guys like come here listen to what I gotta share (laughs) that's so am I yeah (laughs) you're everyone it's okay you're doing everything that's what we're here about today that's what we're talking about (laughs) when we first met specifically I think you were working primarily on a mix of the Canadian online web series Anarchly alongside a lot of your own scripted content on your YouTube channel and This is actually crazy. I'm just remembering this now. There was actually an excerpt that I was in a class once for like online media. I think I was in like my third year of university and they brought a clip of Anarchly up, like they put it up on the projector. And I was like, whoa, because this was after we'd worked together. We'd known each other for a bit. And I was just like, this is so crazy. So (laughs) I just thought about that as you're talking about like going and doing like lectures and being this professor. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're already kind of there. So <laughs> whether you know it or not, you've been in lecture halls for a minute. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is, every time I hear someone tell me that I'm like, that's so insane. Like what? So cool. I got excited. I was like fangirling and I was like, I I've already been like we know each other, but still, this is so exciting. So of I want to know furthermore, what was that period of time like for you? to kind of have a team, like you're saying, come together and work on content that you got to not only star in, but direct to? Oh my God, it was the best of times. Uh, I had such a good time 
doing all of it, to be honest. Like I always say 2017 was the best year of my life, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just because, and, and just going back in timeline, I only remember things as like years and like months Mm. and in the calendar format for my head. But I remember in 2016 specifically, this is when already we had done like, I think a second season of Anarkly and we were pumping out vlogs and content and skits and Bali and I had at this point really started working together Bali is my best friend business partner everybody she's just my everything um but guys go seriously uh, (laughs) find her online she's too find her facing uh with two ages um so (laughs) she was the reason why I think I was able to accelerate in, in so many ways because I was really doing everything on my own before and so having someone that just kind of believed in the same thing and and also wanting to really go for it and do it like I was just I was that person for everyone right so Mm -hmm. to have that for me was like whoa like this is so cool to have someone like a cheerleader for me you know what I mean like and I it was just it was just so incredible to have her just to continue having her in my life and, and, and being able to do such dope stuff. But I would say back to like anarchically, anarchically, it's crazy. I think what the beautiful thing about it is that we didn't realize how much it would resonate with people. It was just like based off of Rocky Moto, who's the director, creator, writer, producer of this show. And just all around powerhouse. Uh, just the, the queen. She yeah. she literally is the reason why that show even came to existence. But it came from literally a car ride of us talking for, and meeting for the first time, heading over to a sick feminist conference. Oh, my and, God. Like, what, who even says that? Yeah, <laughs> sick feminist conference. Um, but it was a very, yeah, it was me, her, Rupi, Rupi Gore. And uh, we were just in a car. Rupi and I had already been friends for years at this point but Rocky had just met us and she was just like who are you like who what who are you guys yeah. what, what do you do and you're like where yeah. do I start <laughs> yeah I'm like and I think she's never seen someone just so enthusiastic to do stuff and mm-hmm. and she was like oh like I, I had this idea for this show and it's called anarchy and you're the character like you're just in I'm like yeah let's do it man like <laughs> I say less I'm here <laughs> let's go like, I just didn't even no questions asked let's make it happen and we didn't expect how many people would receive and like respond to it and I think also though it was crazy so the way the story works is like you know we ended up dropping which did well on its own this this video of us dancing in the cars three of us girls dancing oh in the car oh my god this and- was like groundbreaking <laughs> I remember when this came out <laughs> But like this video, like I, again, Rocky had directed it and she was just like, let's just do something fun. We, we thought it'd be cool. And there was an Australian group of girls that kind of did it first. And, and we were like, let's do a Punjabi version of that. That'd be sick. And like, no one's ever seen Punjabi music in this way and fashion and, and mm-hmm. the eras of Punjabi music and how it's changed so much. So for us, it was just like, again, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> And we did that not knowing what the turnout would be. I thought lifetime views, 5,000. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. there was no way that it was going to go viral. And, and back in those times, viral actually meant something. <laughs> it, was, it, it was not every single post. It was like something groundbreaking just happened yeah, here. Yeah. That's, it's crazy how yeah. different that term kind of like works in today's 
yes. media. It's very yeah. crazy. Well, because now we have so many different apps, right? Like one, mm-hmm. sh- like if you go on a TikTok, for example, TikTok can have like your one t- post can have like a million views and a million likes, but then another one will get like 10, 10. Yeah, you know literally. what I mean? And like, it, and it humbles you. I always say this. I'm like, TikTok is the best app to humble you and make you realize that like nothing matters. <laughs> it's true. It's, everything is so temporary, exactly. <laughs> especially through TikTok. Yeah, exactly. For, for this video, um, we just dropped it and honestly, I didn't expect anything from it, I swear. And I just felt like, I remember the next day, it was like so many, like, I think it was like 19,000 views, 30,000 views, like oh overnight. And I was like, what the hell? That's like, you're like, this is fast. Growing <laughs> yeah. quickly. What is going yeah. on? <laughs> and then by the end of the day, it was 300,000 views. And I was just like, wait, what is going oh on? God. You know, I was like, and I was actually having a full blown high anxiety attack. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is different, bro. That's so crazy. And it's funny, right? Cause it's a dancing video at the end of the day. Like, yes, yeah. there's effort and energy that went into it. And I shout us to the whole team. Cause it was still to this day, beautifully executed. It was on an iPhone six, like, come on. That's um, so crazy. Oh crazy, my God. Right? But like now looking back at it, you're like, oh shit. Like I get why people enjoy it. And it mm. is like a video for almost like, different generations. Right. So, which is cool. But that video dropped and anarchically at that point, we only had shot three episodes. We were like shopping around with it and like Rocky had put in a lot of time and energy and money into the first three episodes. And uh, we were using that as like almost like shopping around for like networks or anyone else to put more funding behind it. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, Rocky, bro. (laughs) I Yeah, Rocky, bro. Bro, Uh, bro, listen to this. Uh, I was like, no, Rocky, we really need to drop something because like um, it's working right now. We yeah, something grow. people are paying attention and I don't think we should wait, you know, yeah. and it was crazy. I was traveling at the time, but we ended up uh, taking some time and just like we dropped anarchically the first episode and it did really, really well. And then like it just kept growing in that sense. But it was crazy because we only had the first three episodes. I mentioned this because the grueling schedule that we had was insane. Like just to make episodes come out. It was like writing, shooting, editing. And I would be editing for like up to 22 hours of like a day sometimes to just get it released by Thursday. You know, God, and that was our schedule for six months just working around the clock and obviously like roles are overlapping because it's a very tight knit community of creatives working together that can trust each other. And so you With guys no money like, guys go. Yeah. No, no funding here. Like we're just doing this because we want to do this. That's so crazy, but also yeah. like just amazing to hear because I feel like that's not such a thing now mm-hmm. the way that it once was. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's like incredible to hear. Mm. cool oh my god so what was that like for you I think at that time had you done anything kind of like that before then or was that your first exposure uh I worked like a crazy person in general I think it was like very normal for me to just do like all-nighters and like Mm -hmm. shoot and edit stuff but that was the first time it was like to that extent where it was like long period of time. And honestly, I got better as an editor. I got better at like storytelling because yeah. it's one thing like there was there was one episode 
oh my god girl there's like so many random stories but like I remember like for our second season the hard drive got dropped oh my god yeah and we had to reshoot (gasps) Mm -hmm. no that's like the ultimate nightmare Mm -hmm. like what if Mm -hmm. there's one thing I could pray would not happen right now Mm -hmm. and then it happened Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. my god it was one of our crew members accidentally all like it was they just accidentally dropped it and it was not anyone's fault it was just yeah but we had to reshoot and again like very little to no money and um yeah people just I I think what was nice about it is it was like a passionate thing but like it was also very hard it was hard and that was like why season three took a little bit longer to come out and like you know, I think people don't realize, like, I love the fact that, like, people are so supportive of it and, like, want to watch it. And I still reference it to me and I still yeah. say, like, where the hell's the next season? But it's, it's, I think coming back to that, it's like, yo, we, we did this with no money. We did this uh, with a grueling schedule to make it happen and make sure everyone was satisfied. And I was very much about pleasing the audience. I was like, no, Rocky, we have to drop this up. No, no, we have to. Like, I was just like, no, how dare us not be like, you know, it was just always like, why aren't we being receptive right now? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was just like, no, we have to, we have to, we have to. And it was, that became stressful <laughs> to be honest. Of course, yeah, of yeah. Course. So oh I, God. I was, uh, it was a wild time. But like reshooting that, posting that, marketing it all on your own mm-hmm. is not a joke. And I think what was cool is I did get a lot of attention through like we got a lot of press through it. We got a lot like organically. And like what was really cool is that just people resonating so much because they hadn't seen anything like it at the time. And like we had tried to take it to bigger networks and they, they, because it was a, again, POC, it was not someone, something they were used to seeing at the time. I think it was something that was definitely ahead of its time. And, and I wish that people recognize like now a lot of things are getting attention. Now there's a lot more funding. Now there's a lot of more accessibility resources, but we didn't have any of that when we were starting out. And so yeah, and I think after a while, like, you know, Rocky, she's also running businesses. She's, she was, uh, you know, she's been Rupi Gora's manager now mm-hmm. and like doing all these things. And anarchically, it's such a special time there. By the time we got the third season, we did end up getting a lot of funding for that one. But the production company that mm-hmm. was giving us the funding has shut down right after we got greenlit. Oh, my God. So it was just... It's like it's one not thing easy. after another. No, absolutely yeah. not. And yeah. I mean, even the way that you said that kind of where sort of the start of resources and accessibility that's coming to fruition now yeah. um, definitely did not exist then. Mm-hmm. But I think that's even, it makes it even more amazing to hear about that now because it's like you guys did it purely just for the passion of it because you yeah. wanted to, because you're like, there's not enough people out here doing this right now. And I think that is just like, generally so inspiring because again there's not the way that things work now with like Mm -hmm. just being viral and that Mm -hmm. that temporary level of existence in a way with so many different platforms like nobody's doing that anymore at least it feels Mm -hmm. like no one's doing that that I'm seeing at least I would love to see if you know someone that is (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah but I think that's so cool because it's definitely it was a totally different time even though it was not that long ago which is Mm -hmm. so crazy to think about Mm -hmm. 
oh my god I always talk I like romanticize that time now I'm like oh it's so and then I think about it I'm like no nah, it was hard though it was yeah, hard. like it was <laughs> it was good but it was also really hard yeah yeah so and and obviously it could be both right but like mm-hmm. it was like I think what made it easy and what made me I think I'm so blinded with my ambition which could be <laughs> it could be a good thing and it could be a hard thing because I, I at that point in my life I was very much a perfectionist I was very much like I everything has to go out and I was I was just so like you know stuck to the schedule and like making things happen and and feeling so guilty if it didn't or something mm-hmm. like to not having a season four for an arc leave you don't understand what that did to me like I was just like oh. I feel so sad I feel so guilty I feel so bad that we can't provide this and it's not up to me right like yeah yes I was also a producer on this but there's so many factors to it like I think also people don't realize as uh women of color running our set and I got to give a huge shout out to Rocky on this. You're not always respected. And so even though we got a bigger crew and cast in season three, people started acting up because they oh. knew there was money involved. And honestly, again, like the money didn't really go to us. It went to paying for this production. You're like <laughs> We have to pay guys. all the people we have, to yeah. do, we have to pay for all the things we need. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, yo, I do this because I am so devoted to making important things, Mm -hmm. making entertaining things for the like this incredible audience that has supported me all these years, you know, and I just felt so devoted to that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then not being able to have control over how things turned out, how things kind of played out and, and, and to be real, like, people not realizing how hard it is to run a set and be respected from certain cast members, from crew members, from, you know, it changes things. And this is really the first time I'm talking about this aspect of anarchy. I feel like it's a safe space, but (laughs) Rocky has talked about it and I always get hesitant because like, I always want to make it seem like it's all great, but I think it's also knowing that the reality is it's hard and it's hard to run shit on your own doesn't mean that we won't continue I've been continuing no matter what but I think like it's also knowing that there's so much more than you know it sounds easy like just make another episode or make another season but it's like it took a lot of our lives our our time our resources our energy um and then also to have people act up you know it it was something it's definitely like a double-ended or a double-edged sword in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because yeah again working in that sort of a environment you have so many things that are under your control but again there are only so many things that you can control mm-hmm. and I think being a creative and working in that sort of an atmosphere but also being a perfectionist at the same time it's like that is it's kind of like a slap to your own face in a way because it's just like I I very much function in a similar way where I'm like everything needs a schedule everything has to be a certain way Mm -hmm. But at the same time, sometimes it works out not being that way. And that's fine too. But until you get to that realization with a certain thing or a project, it's just like, oh, it's like the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Oh, anarchy taught me so much. It's like, 
I still say it's one of the best things I've ever done. Like it's the character is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like a lot of the things that she went through simultaneously, I was going through. So a lot of those emotions that were being conveyed were real. And I think like, I just got a chance to be able to connect with people in a different way. And that was the coolest thing. And again, it was our own production, which was so cool. We got to share stories that were never really talked about at the time. And, you know, the fact that people are still referencing it, it's insane. Like it's, it's crazy. I it's love so it cool. so much. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> one of those things that like, I, like, I remember watching obviously when I was in university, I think tail end of like high school. And I was just like, oh my God, this is something that is actually representative and it's actually relatable. Like Mm. to have both of those things exist at the same time as like Mm. a young brown girl does not really, Mm -hmm. I think now there's so much more out there. Well, not so much, but there's a little bit more out there that does do that and it does it very well. But at that time, like 10 years ago, that was not the case. And so I remember seeing that and on top of that for it to also be Canadian. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like there's something happening here. So I I know, I think for us, I can speak on my behalf of myself, especially like we talk about representation matters and seeing mm-hmm. ourselves and all of that. I think for me, it was really like, I didn't even know I could be my, like I could be the lead of something, you know? Mm-hmm. And like to see that I always just saw myself as like a side character going back to when I was little, just yeah. like imagining myself, I'd play, like come up with ideas and scenarios of films and what it would look like. And in my fi- own films, <laughs> I would be a side character. I don't know why. No. And it was so oh wild. My God. And you yeah. know what? It's that whole thing of like growing up anytime we saw anyone that looked remotely like us it was Mm -hmm. always the best friend or Mm -hmm. a family friend or like I don't know like a distant relative or something that's just kind of popping in for a second and then they're gone again and so yeah it's so crazy that how that affects you when you are younger and you're thinking about that and you're like well mm, I don't know if I could actually be in the forefront of this but I could still be in it just maybe not not right directly in like the middle of it all and there's so many cultural barriers right like especially at like now it's cool because like Bollywood does it too, but like even mm. kissing on screen and like oh my having God. a love interest, like yeah. I was like, that's insane. I could never do that. You're like, <laughs> I what would my mom say? What would yeah. my dad my father? Say? Yeah, my dad. <laughs> what would my dad say? He would be oh. so pissed. <laughs> Oh my God, there's a kissing scene in Anarkly and I waited till the last minute to tell my dad. I was just like, I knew for a whole ass year and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was like, dad, I know you're really busy right now, but I just want to let you know that I have like this scene in Anarkly and it's not a really big deal. It's just like a little peck on the face, but it's like, the reason why we're doing it is because it's like for the show, it's like for like this episode and like the characters have to do it. And it's like very Disney, like it's not even anything serious. Like, please don't even think, he's like, okay, you already did it. So you're like, (laughs) and hang up the call before you can say anything. You're like, I'm sorry, dad. Okay, bye. (laughs) Just like so fast. He's like, what the hell? He's like, well, you already didn't, did you? So what do you want me to say now? I'm like, okay, bye. You're not mad. So you're not bad about it. <laughs> He's like, oh my God. I was like, oh, wow. And how my father has changed <laughs> with me being out here doing the most things. He has come a long way. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. 
so yeah, back from a little intermission, we talked so much about kind of your experience with your creative career choices growing up, kind of where you've gotten to with that a little bit, but I want to get more into that now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I mean, so far you've done modeling, dancing, mental health and social activism, online creator content, acting on TV and in films as well, and a podcast. That's (laughs) like, I feel like I could be missing something at this point, but it's just so cool that you have such a versatile range across media as a medium. And that's mm-hmm. something clearly that you, we talk about manifestation a lot, but I feel like that's something you've manifested in a way mm-hmm. from like a young age and something that you've like dreamt of and you've made that happen, which is so mm-hmm. cool to see. But is there something that you want to do that you haven't tried yet or you haven't done yet that isn't in that list? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it could be, but maybe like a mixture of things. I don't know. I feel like uh, the first thing that came to my mind is having my own show, just like a real Mm -hmm. series show, which I'm not going to say more than that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I do feel like that's, there's something about creating a world, creating characters, diving into like my own personal experiences and being able to channel that into episodes. It feels really, really challenging but in such a good way you know what I mean it's like it's like just so it's a challenge that feels good like it feels like you're actually learning something being able to get to the next level in terms of like understanding and skill set and I I think that's something I really want to be able to do I feel like I've done it on smaller scales like uh, Mm -hmm. anarchically and and even our other web series brown bachelorette and just like other projects like you know short film sets and whatnot but like to be able to do it at that grandiose scale would be really really dope and like that's the dream it's like being able to do it on a bigger scale just putting people on in that way like I could already see like what wardrobe stylist I want a part of it what kind of set it would look like what kind of like just like having people that can execute that is like the coolest thing yeah that's so cool though because obviously it's I mean it's very representative of how comfortable and confident you are in that like creative community that you've been able to like mm. connect with and build in mm. a way and also just bring up and coming creatives onto that too because that's a mm-hmm. huge thing that you want to do with your work and that you have mm. been doing with your work I mean that's mm. literally how we connected which is so cool <laughs> mm. but uh I love that that's so cool I won't say anything more about that I feel like I know <laughs> a little bit about that, but yeah. <laughs> I, that. I think that's cool though because again continues to be representative but also push boundaries and Mm -hmm. and it's so important for young women to see themselves or someone like them on screen too in that way Mm -hmm, just to mm -hmm. kind of be not more like comfortable in that realm and be more relatable but also I think just know that kind of like what you said with Bollywood and obviously the whole thing of being a little more risque Mm -hmm. that thing I feel like we're not represented in that way on screen a lot. And so I think that's cool to kind of push boundaries and and share that and just show that that's part of everyone's life. I think like just seeing what's possible for you, right? Like seeing what's possible is it's what kind of sparks this initiation in your mind that like, oh, I can imagine something that's bigger than myself and not, Mm. not being stuck in like what we've been told, what life has to be like, or what we have to do in order to like get stability and whatnot. And of course, all of those things are important 
and all of that but I can say as a person that's really not had stability and that's like <laughs> and in and, and so many ways I'm not saying it's not easy it's definitely hard but I can say that it's so much more fulfilling to be able to say I made that and I challenged myself and I did it because I wanted to and I know it's going to affect this person or that person or even it affects one person like I always say that like one person just saying something to me about a project that I did I feel like 20 people said it you know what I mean like it just it feels like oh wow it gave me such a boost of confidence like makes me realize what my purpose is and it is to connect with others that keeps evolving right and like Mm -hmm. I I think there's so much with doing the things that you feel passionate about you never know who else is going to be inspired by you just being and living your truth you know no it's very true and I think especially with digital media as a whole Mm -hmm. Things can travel so far at such a rapid rate. Like we've talked about, you never know where something's going to go, who it's going to connect to, who it might reach. I mean, it's like really kind of unlimited in a way. And I think the biggest thing is obviously like just taking the chance and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Like girl, there was this girl that I met uh, a week ago Mm -hmm. and she met me at an event and it was really cool because she does like, like influencer stuff now. But she came from Philippines and she's like, I was watching your stuff from there. And I was like, what? Like (laughs) how? (laughs) And I just am so in like awe of like, wow, like how far you don't even realize your things can go. And, and even whether it be stuff that they've related to in the past or stuff that you're doing now, it doesn't matter. Like you never know. And then like that person is now in Toronto yeah. like she's in Toronto now doing the same type of thing. It's so insane. Like insane. I can't even begin to wrap my head around that or imagine what that would feel like. Cause it went from obviously being contact at most through a screen where you wouldn't even have imagined that existing. And then obviously to have that transfer and be face to face with this person and actually meet this person is like a whole different ballpark insane I don't know I can't even register it it's so wild I feel like to hear people say stuff like that to me it always trips me out I don't know oh my god honestly that ties really well into the next thing I want to ask you okay which which I I talk oh thank you (laughs) I talk about this a lot on this show but the feelings of imposter syndrome specifically are so real And sometimes they can kind of trip you up in a way, Uh, you know, they can feel very unsupportive and that can be on literally any journey, whether that's career, personal, anything. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask, is there, or has there ever been a moment for you where you've just felt stuck or confused, kind of like, what am I doing? Or can I do this? And obviously in your realm, you're in the media world. So it's kind of like there's so many people doing so many different things. Has that ever been like a factor for you or something that's crossed your mind where you're just like, oh my God, can I do this? Or wait, what am I doing? All <laughs> Such the time. a loaded question. <laughs> no, it's just all the time. Yeah. So uh, not to bring Zodiacs in, but I'm Oh, go for it. It's okay. <laughs> I love hearing about this. Go for it. I'm a Capricorn. Uh- <laughs> And if you read anything about Capricorns, you know, we're really hard on ourselves and uh, very much workaholics and always 
self-doubting and self-loathing. So it's oh so my much God, fun. Fun qualities. <laughs> <laughs> so um, even though it's interesting, like I know I'm not your typical Cause like people post shit and like, you're just like, Oh, that person must be so confident with what they posted or whatever the, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. But it's like, I think my thing has always become, if I just release it, I could just let it go. Mm. And like, it won't, it won't affect me. If I keep holding on to it, it's actually what's driving me crazy. And yeah, I'd rather just let it go. Like, I, I feel like it helps me be easier on the process. And even if it doesn't do well, quote unquote, because that was a huge thing for me at one point. It was mm-hmm. just like, I think I got boxed into a lot of different things because I'm not doing just one thing, right? Like, I think because I'm doing so many different things, I started getting harder and harder on myself, even though it's great to be able to you know, show range. But I also feel like it's hard when you're comparing yourself to your past self, or you're comparing yourself to what you should be doing and whatnot. And like, uh, when people would say I'm a YouTuber, Mm -hmm. in some aspect, yes, it makes sense, because I use YouTube. But it was always as a platform, I would use it as and like, I would share my work through that platform. Now, would I do some typical things that were YouTuber like, Yeah, because I started making vlogs and then I started making, you know, certain skits and stuff and sketches, but I felt like I was doing it from a place of like, I'm an actor, filmmaker, an artist. I want to do vlogs to showcase my journey and somehow Mm -hmm. along the way people like the personality. So, you know, obviously doing it more and sharing people that I'm surrounded by because luckily all throughout my 20s, I've just had such great people I've surrounded myself with that were also in the creative space that I also wanted to put on. So it was just a great outlet to have the vlog, you know what I mean? And then slowly move into like the sketches, which was like, again, as an actor, I want to show that side of me as well. Mm -hmm. So, and like get into comedy, like really YouTube is what made me feel more confident with my comedy. Like I didn't realize that was considered funny like for the longest time I know <laughs> alone, I'm like come on <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds so funny because like I was just like I'm a theta actor like <laughs> I'm an actor and everything I have to do is so serious and like I felt like even though I was like always entertaining my friends I was also surrounded by like really funny people so I just felt like I don't know they were just so confidently out there with their funniness and then I was like am I I don't know I know I am like just on the whim but like I don't know it was just like so I think YouTube it's all these apps really gave me that confidence like Snapchat yeah oh my god your Snapchat life is like the funniest (laughs) thing ever but also your sort of debut to like TikTok (laughs) with villa was the funniest thing ever <laughs> like that i'm sure for you was just kind of like what should i do here because the trends through tiktok alone are so insanely fast and fast. things i don't even know if things are cyclical in a way on there like that when you go into tiktok it's kind of like a void but mm. you tapped into it in a great way at a great time and <laughs> yeah very flawless execution <laughs> Thank you. So funny because yesterday uh, I had a conversation with Bajit and we were just like, I don't know what the hell to do with my TikTok sometimes because I'm so, I'm so like, it's, I feel like to the average, well, to not the average viewer, average viewers, you'll understand what the hell I'm trying to do. But like the algorithm, 
Oh mm-hmm. my God. I'm like, I can't focus on a niche. I can't. I have, a, I'm, I am a creator. I am an entertainer. <laughs> I am doing different things. Why do I have to succumb to just only funny thing. or yeah. only serious or mm. only like, it's just like, it just sucks. You know, it doesn't allow artists and it doesn't allow people that who have different aspects of their personality get to share those things. What if a makeup artist wants to also act? What if a makeup, you know what I mean? Like, it's true. What? It's Why true. Limiting everybody. So I think it's also kind of killed the creativity a little bit. That's interesting. Would yeah. you, do you think in a way it's kind of killed creativity a little bit from how fast things move along mm-hmm. with like the boxed in thing of like themes on themes, whether that's like one thing or another, but kind of lack of cross sectional existence I guess in a way yeah it's like it's weird because I find myself like well when you look at celebrities for example mm-hmm. they have how much of a range of like they could do whatever let's look at Rihanna as an example Rihanna oh my God. has become an icon in so many different ways because of all the work that she's been able to do but because she is Rihanna <laughs> That's because <it>. she is <laughs> Rihanna or even I think of like Selena Gomez or whatever like where there's so much range they get to choose. I'm going to do a cooking channel today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to, I'm going to drop a whole perfume line. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a whole lingerie thing. I'm going to do like, just get to do all the different things because they're at that caliber. Their audience is going to support them regardless. Yeah. Yana has just dropped a song after six years and yeah. people are like, finally, you know, but like, and everyone's but, ready. Yeah. She's been making her bag. She's yeah. actually richer than she was before. Absolutely. She, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, she's yeah. only been evolving. And, yep. but she's been doing really well. And I think when, I think what sucks for smaller creators or smaller artists, we don't have that. We don't have that same luxury. We don't get a chance to just switch up whenever we want because the audience doesn't always like to shift with you. I've been blessed enough that my audience has been so great at receiving. If they know Kerry, they know that this is a multifaceted person, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean that everything is going to execute well. And now that these apps are so specific about the niche and the mm-hmm. algorithm and all this shit it's what's been frustrating and I think I'm not seeing it with only myself but I also do see it with other people that they're like honing in on that thing mm-hmm. and honing in on just making that that like and you know I, I agree we all have to pivot in some sort of way like things are always going to be changing and evolving but I don't think we should lose ourselves in the process of what we want to do continue doing the cool things that you want to do. And then know that like you have to work the game a little bit. If you have to do certain things to make sure your shit's still being seen, do that as well, but don't do it where you're burning yourself out and not even able to do the things you actually enjoy or why you started in the first place. You yeah. Know? Just don't lose that sight of yourself yeah. or your goals in that way. Yeah. Okay. So I, I feel like there's so I know your question was something so different. No, it was imposter syndrome. (laughs) You're you're leading into it because I was going to say for you, if you've ever felt imposter syndrome, which you did answer that, Mm, (laughs) whether you think so or not. I was going to ask, how do you kind of step out of a moment like that? But you already, I mean, you kind of just said like, don't lose sight. Yeah. Stay in your own lane. (laughs) Just don't forget which lane you're in. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget what you don't just keep like swerving on, on the highway. You know what I mean? Just like, just, (laughs) you're going to get an accident. Like, let's just chill out guys. You know, like, let's just stay in our lane. Let's not (laughs) swerve all over the damn. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
as I'm learning so much about myself and and like for example with the new projects that we've been doing is so much different range I I do find myself like I feel like I'm starting all over again Mm -hmm. and it's a different evolved version it's a different version of me but it's like it's like I'm still doing the same kind of stuff it's just different you know what I mean it's just like in a different unique way and um I I got caught up in the imposter syndrome for a hot minute even when I was like fully doing well I was at my peak I was doing well and I was just like for some reason like no this isn't good enough or no this has to do better than the last thing and it was just Mm. wild and I was like that's not why I'm doing this yeah yeah. It's it's cool that you noticed that that focus shifted very quickly and mm-hmm. also with justification from why do I want to create this and what am I going to create to what if this doesn't do well or what if this isn't quote unquote good enough type yeah. of thing. Like yeah. even going back to when I was mentioning the YouTuber thing, it's like, well, I would look at other YouTubers and they would have those crazy numbers or they would mm-hmm. have like consistent whatever you know what I mean like and Mm -hmm. then like it was just like a whole different experience and then I'm like but I'm not that so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't fit into that thing either because I'm also doing short films and then at the time very few people were doing podcasts it's like I was doing a video podcast and like it was I called it a talk show you know so Mm -hmm. it's like it was like its own thing and there's so many things that were like why I felt like it wasn't so all encompassing to call me a YouTuber. I also felt like it's just the same thing was influencer. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a draw. It feels like demeaning at times. It almost like a lot of the times feels like people are demeaning the work of, of these people that didn't go the typical way mm-hmm. that they didn't go through the, you know, gatekeepers. And instead they created their own path. And why are we just like kind of minimizing them to whatever this app is, they've been able to create something special, yeah. you know? And I think when we just kind of throw them in like, Oh, they're a TikToker or they're just an influencer or they're just a YouTuber. It's like, no, nah, dude, they, they did something for themselves. They, yeah. they got to create something. And I think we should, applaud that more versus kind of kind of shooting uh, it down yeah shooting it down because a lot of these people a lot of the people that are doing it have no choice are people of color are BIPOC folks Mm -hmm. like you know and we had no choice like I had no choice I had to use social media it was the only way that people would ever see my work (laughs) well no and we talked about this I mean like before we even got onto our call just about the whole thing of there's so many initiatives out there now. There's a lot more resources out there now that are a little bit more accepting of just the BIPOC community mm-hmm. and want to bring people up and kind of do that. And those things, like we said way back during like Anarchy and even before then, were not a thing. And yeah. at the time, in a way, like you said, social media was the resource for that because it was mm-hmm. like the one place anyone no matter who you were, where you came from, whatever, like that was kind of like the place everyone could come to, to do what they wanted and share what they wanted and show who they were. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I think people forget, right. It's like we, when we think of, um, sometimes when we think of this, like influencer, we think the skinny white girl, that's like mm-hmm. sh- talking about fit tees or something like that's what people try to shut like, it down yeah, to just close. And it down it's like, to. but no, there's a lot of folks that are, BIPOC that wouldn't ever have this opportunity otherwise 
and you also call them an influencer. You also minimize them in that same category that you believe is that. So -hmm. then how do we get to succeed? How do we get to be taken seriously? And as someone that's literally, I went to school for acting Mm -hmm. and filmmaking, I get thrown in as influencer, YouTuber all the time. And it's because I simply have used these apps as an opportunity to share my work. Mm-hmm. But because I did that, it's just weird, right? It's like a weird cycle. Like because I did weird, that, it's like, yeah. so when am I ever going to be taken seriously? You know what I mean? It's so cyclical in like the worst way possible because yeah. I mean, well, recently you've started doing something that I wanted to bring up called sketchy Sundays and mm-hmm. short film Sundays. Mm-hmm where you post something every Sunday, which is like insane in the best way possible. And you're able to work (laughs) with, I just have to say the fact that the fact that I like was like, yeah, I had a grueling schedule. I was doing something crazy. It's so wild. Cut to 2022. (laughs) I'm going to do three times as much as I thought I was already. (laughs) No. So do you want to share a little bit about that and uh, just kind of how that process has been for you so far and and connecting with that creative side and community again? Yeah. um, I think for me, I, I took a bit of time just kind of working behind the scenes. I'll also talk about a little bit more later, but like we started the collective, which was kind of taking my my time a lot as well as just like kind of really reassessing what do I want to share with the world and for some reason as you know when the pandemic started I needed that like shutdown I needed to just calm down and take some time off that was the first time I really took time off after 10 years of just working straight and so I kind of loved it of course well you're kind of like oh my god my brain's resetting my body's resetting so it's like heal myself and I just want to take care of yourself yeah yeah so so much (laughs) self-care where then it started turning a little bit sad because (laughs) I felt like I was like getting into this weird space of just like so fixated on healing myself Mm. and so fixated about like this what I'm talking about the perfectionism like I was like I have to have the answer I just have to have it ain't nobody got the answer but I have to have it like why wouldn't I why I just need like this is my time like this is the time where I got to figure all of this out and then I could just accelerate and I could do better and I could be better as a person and all these things. And it's just like, how is this healing? <laughs> so much like pressure internally. So much and pressure on yourself. Yeah. Every negative emotion I was feeling, I was analyzing it. I was like, it was just getting a lot. And I think I started to let go a lot. And I, when I realized that perfectionism is coming from a trauma response mm-hmm. uh, and hearing that for the first time, and I was like, whoa, I've idolized people that were perfectionists. I think that's the problem is like, you think that's a good trait, you know? Yeah. And, and then you realize that, no, it's actually taking up so much. You're so hard on yourself for what? Yeah. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? I think I'm just like, at this point, I literally, everyone, whenever someone asks me for advice, I'm like, but who cares? No, seriously, I but who actually cares? So you know what I mean? Much. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's true. Because I, a lot of what you're saying right now, I can relate to how I've personally felt. And now it's like at the point where like, I'll talk to my sister and I'll be like, oh my God, like, I feel this way about this. Like, you know, just so in my head and for what? And then she'll literally be like, I'm so sorry to tell you this. You know, I love you. I'm saying this with love, but I promise you, no one cares about you in that way or is thinking about that in the way that you're thinking they're thinking about you. So with love, just know 
that importance you're putting on yourself right now in that way might not actually be there. And yeah. Like, oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Like God. I was just like, I feel like we get so in our heads about what people are thinking or what they will say and who will say what. And mm -hmm. even, even coming down to parents, right? Like a lot of us, especially when we come from immigrant households, we are so fixated on like, no, my parents are not going to agree with this or they're not going to do this. And I've always come up with the expression and, and do this with you know you're safe to do it mm -hmm. don't do it if you really think it's a threat because you know I'm not trying to I'm not trying to encourage that but our parents as they get older they do become more forgiving and mm -hmm. I and I can say this as like as my parents are getting older they just can't they just don't have the time and energy to care you know what I mean like yeah. before they used to yes yeah. my dad was very strict growing up and like you know but I think I've always been kind of the one to push boundaries and in, in my whatever capacity mm -hmm. um because my challenging them was not something that's like dishonoring the family or doing yeah. something that was so outrageous it was like but why is that a problem like think about it really mm -hmm. why is it a problem dad why is it a problem mom like why are you so stressed out what yeah and it's always about what other people will say you know oh they're so God, caught yeah. up on what what's gonna what someone's gonna say about them and that's the conditioning and so mm -hmm. we also come up with that conditioning and it's even harder for us now because we're like putting ourselves out there for the world to see and and you know waiting for public scrutiny and waiting for all these things to come our way but then when you think about it you're like who actually cares like when you're going on <laughs> when you're going on instagram right mm -hmm. and this is like a huge thing for me when you're going on instagram you're just another scroll you're just scrolling. It's true. Yeah. Someone's going to double tap here and then they scroll. Like, who cares? You know? And I feel like when you stop, like, when you start letting go of that, I just, I also felt that too. I'm like, listen, Instagram is not what it used to be, TikTok, mm -hmm. whatever, all these apps. If I keep con concerning myself about how I do on these apps, Mm -hmm. it's going to take away from what I want to do. And this isn't even what I want to do only. I want to do so many other things outside yeah. of this. Yeah. And this is, again, a tool for me to get to connect and share with others. I have the opportunity and the privilege to do that. Why can't I just look at it like that? That if it even reaches one person, isn't that the goal? Like what, who cares if it didn't reach a gazillion bazillion people let's just focus back and like let's just look at why we're doing this in the first place yeah. and I think me letting go of that and just being like also not so fixated on like production being like a thousand percent or like each mm -hmm. thing has to be better than the last or whatever and it's like yo let's just have fun yeah let's just do this and I want to do this because I am so excited about like with short film Sundays I came up with the idea from, I saw, okay, a couple of things. So Issa Rae, who's one of my favorite actors, who's also a multifaceted person and has done incredible things. She, on her YouTube channel, also has a thing called Short to Film Sundays. And Ooh. she features other filmmakers um, once a month on like the first Sunday of every month uh, where, you know, they show their shorts, which is like a really cool thing. And then I also saw this other TikToker who uses his platform to just share short films. And it'll be like comments from someone on his page that will like make a short film about this and like mm. gives them a scenario. And then he'll make a short film 
based That's off of so that. Cool. Yeah. And it's like so cool, so interactive and whatnot. So I was just like kind of inspired by just like, why not just do stuff like that? And I already have some stuff in the bank. I have ideas in the bank. Yeah. Why not? Let's just finally execute them and not waste any time anymore. Like, you know, and as I've been working behind the scenes, even though in my head, I'm like, oh, it's only been this long it's actually been longer than I thought. And I was like, wait, I need to actually, in order for this bigger thing that I want to work on to happen. And let me tell you, the film and television industry is very slow. (laughs) I'm like, this is why I've been doing my own thing for so long because I have my own rules and I can like put out shit whenever I want. I don't have to wait for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so as that thing is continuing, I'm like, how can I also make sure that I'm showing the range that we have as a team, as well as me as an actor and, and just putting out shit that I think is dope and I think will be fun, you know, and like, it's been cool. Like, I think it's been really nice to see how people have been reacting to it so far. I obviously want to only continue pushing more. And again, the range is insane. Like we already right now at this point dropped first our intro video back update video with Bully and myself just kind of sharing what we've been up to. And you can listen more on there. But then also, you know, the first film was about grief and that being a more difficult one and a shorter version, but like it was still something that was very important for me to kind of encompass what I've been feeling for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, again, letting mm-hmm. that go at this point. And then we went from like that to like mockumentary style to like then horror to yeah. now like a music video dropping. So it's like there's so many different things that we're trying to do and I think this was like kind of the perfect way of doing it. It's just like calling it short film Sundays and allowing me to just do as many weird, crazy things. Just do all the things. Yeah. I love it so far. It's so cool. And like you said, it gives you that ability to have so much range, just experiment, get creative, do whatever you want to do. And again, I feel like that connects back to uh just kind of the point you made of like calling someone a YouTuber being so all encompassing. Well, when you look at what other people are doing on YouTube and it's not just, you know, a vlog, which there's nothing wrong with that, or mm-hmm. just kind of like a get ready with me or whatever. Like there is so much content out there that I think people aren't even aware of. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. that. Go check that out, guys. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Free content. What there you go. You want? <laughs> go get inspired. Yeah. I have one last question for you. And this is, again, it ties back to the thing of, I guess, staying in your own lane, like you said (laughs) earlier. Do you have any tips for anyone listening on how to deal with comparison? Because I feel like it's such a big component in imposter syndrome and something that everyone feels at some point or another. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of working in that spotlight, too, can provoke a lot of judgment, whether that's internal, external, whatever it may be. So is there anything that's maybe helped you in a moment of comparison? I would say that comparison is the death of creativity (laughs) (laughs) and procrastination, two things, two things that are like death to creativity, procrastination and comparison. I think comparison also makes us procrastinate. And I think it also is a fear-based mentality that's telling us like, oh, we have to compare things in order to make sense of things and it's like no two things can exist at the same time Mm -hmm. and if if you know like I mentioned before like I could feel sad about something and joyful about it at the same time like 
that's how complicated we are as humans and why do we have to simplify this is better than that why Mm -hmm. it's not true you know why can't I look at a person that's in the same field doing the same thing as me but I look at it like oh that's possible for me actually Mm -hmm. even though I have the exact same idea I even wrote it down I even had like it planned in my head that I'm going to do this 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 this, and this person did it and they actually might have done it a little bit better Mm -hmm. well and I was talking about this like earlier this week but like the idea didn't just come to you the idea isn't just yours to keep it came from somewhere else I don't know I don't know you know you might not be a spiritual person as someone that's listening but I think it came from somewhere else and the idea didn't just come for you it's not just for you Mm -hmm. you have to act on it otherwise it's just an idea you know it's just kind of floating in the ether otherwise yeah it's like frequency right like it's like almost we're all radio stations and whatever frequency you're tapped into, you might have heard this idea and you might be like, oh, shit, there's a certain static here. And I'm like, oh, wait, that sounds like something that I said or it's my head that like it sounds like my voice. But yeah. really, it's just there. And you might think it's your idea only to keep, but mm-hmm. it might not be. Someone else also got that frequency that someone mm-hmm. else also got tapped into that. And they decided to actually play that and go for it and yeah. actually listen in. And then you get upset by that. That's not yeah. really who, whose fault is that? <laughs> You're like, I, I'm seeing one person here. Who's yes, at fault. Exactly. But I also don't think you should sit there and blaming yourself because that's where the comparison, that feeling, imposter syndrome, whatever. We're just like, oh, I'm not good enough. It comes mm-hmm. from a lot of self-worth worthiness right like lack of Mm self-worth and I think tapping into that where did that stem from why do you even think that way in the first place who taught you you weren't worthy of this opportunity you know you have to think back on that and and really understand where it's coming from for you to first of all acknowledge it heal it and then get through it you know Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also allowing yourself to feel those feelings. And one thing that's a good exercise is like when that feeling of comparison comes up is how can you compare yourself to, again, looking at that thing as like, what's possible for you? This is something that's actually possible for me. Wow. This idea isn't crazy after all. So that self-doubt that you had that, oh, I shouldn't even do this thing because who would even care? Actually, it worked out for somebody else. (laughs) Some people would care. Yeah. Yeah, some people would care. Also, I would say that you never know, like there's some things about that person or what they did or whatever that you either that's upsetting you or making you excited and like it's evoking something is activating something in you. So why not kind of understand where that's coming from a and B look at it as an opportunity to be like, wow, this person is like doing something that I want to do. They're inspiring me, not not in a way are they like, oh, this person has this luxury car. I want that luxury car for myself. You know, they're showing me that it's possible and they're going to be on my mood board now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like turning that negative into a positive. Yeah, Yeah. it's really just like trying to reframe. And there's nothing wrong with feeling the ugly feelings. It's just really reassessing where it's coming from. Absolutely. Just again, going back to being mindful and grounding yourself, kind of like centering that and seeing why that feeling is there. Yeah. But yeah. Is there anything else that you, you feel like is kind of like an important tool or like something you keep as a resource for yourself when it comes to helping in a moment of comparison? Cause I know you talked a lot about having that self 
affirmation and that recentering in that moment to kind of like ground yourself and ask yourself those important questions of why am I feeling this way? That sort of thing. I feel like I had a habit of like, just compare myself to my younger self. And I feel now I'm getting in a better place of like understanding that I'm in a better position than I've ever been in before. I'm smarter. I'm wiser. (laughs) I'm so good. You know, but like you, 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 I'm at a place in my life where like, bro, what am I so stressed about? A lot of our twenties, we spend so much of like being insecure and like not really seeing what's valuable about ourselves and whatnot. And I'm telling you that you have to really reassess emotions are coming up. They are just energy in motion. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's coming up as an alarm system to tell you that there's some thoughts in you that needs attention right now. Or there's a whole story in your head that you're creating and you're choosing to believe and Mm -hmm. you're making that the narrative. Again, thoughts are the same thing as frequency as, as when it comes to ideas. They're just thoughts. But when we give them meaning and momentum and story is where that becomes obviously an emotional reaction and then we behave a certain way and then we you know start have experiencing certain things and that's really the cycle is like we continue to have that same thought process over and over again not realizing that how can what is it about that person that I'm upset about or what is it about that like thing that I'm comparing what am I comparing you know like your experiences are different you don't know that person's comparing themselves to the whole ass other person or whatever insecurities they might be experiences or whatever struggles they might have had to get to that place right we don't know we think we know because all we know is whatever the how they're sharing online or whatever but really we don't really know like there's a lot of things I haven't ever publicly shared you know Mm -hmm. and I think that if people realized or knew, they would be like, oh, sh- oh, okay, I understand why you operate like that. Oh, okay, it makes, you know what I mean? It's like, it really is just, again, staying in your own lane, understanding why you're experiencing it. Except that person actually did nothing to you. Mm-hmm. They're just doing their own thing. They're just living their own life. You have to check yourself mm-hmm. and understand why you're experiencing this in the first place. You're the only person that can hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. And it's not in a, in a way to be like, push putting yourself down or making yourself feel worse it's more so just self-awareness yeah understanding wait okay there's something in my chest right now I'm experiencing this heaviness I'm feeling this like feeling of a little bit of envy or feeling a little bit I don't even want to admit it because how dare I even feel like that ew 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 I don't want to feel Mm -hmm. these ugly feelings whatever whatever when we keep judging the feelings and we keep judging what they are instead of just allowing them to be and and understanding where they're coming from in the first place like oh the reason I'm feeling this because I think if I have that thing I'll be worthy Mm -hmm. to who we don't know (laughs) no that's always kind of just up in the air to who I don't know (laughs) to our parents it's usually our parents uh to our parents or to whoever I'm the partner I'm with or whoever the fuck it is sorry, excuse my French, but like we are just so, so caught up. And I always have this, like, I play this game sometimes I'm like in like, like, I don't know, like, like, let's say I'm on a plane Mm -hmm. and I'm like, literally every single person is creating some sort of story in their head right now in their own little universe, not even paying attention to the person next to them. And just so like, so bombarded with their own emotions and thoughts that they don't even recognize the world around them. 
And I feel like that's how we all operate. We're all in our own little bodies, in our own little cars, in our own little lives, Mm -hmm. our own little houses and rooms, and just so bothered by our own like life. Yeah. Like kind of narcissistic sometimes, guys. But (laughs) no, a hundred (laughs) percent. It's so true. It's like main character, but opposite of main character. Yeah. We're just putting ourselves down the whole time. Like, just like, that's what it is. But it's like, yo, like that person, you don't know what they're experiencing or they might have some weird thoughts about you and they're actually comparing themselves to you. And like, it's just a never ending cycle. So I would say to get yourself out of it again, reassess where it's coming from, Mm -hmm. understand why it's there in the first place. And maybe there's something there that it's like telling you that that's something you want for yourself or what you don't want for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing that. I think that's wonderful. And in a way, it's kind of like the harsh reality or like the harsh truth of what I feel like a lot of the time I need to know because mm. I forget that a lot of the time. And I'm always just like, oh, well, this person's doing this. And like, I feel kind of shitty. Why do I feel shitty? That's not even something I want to do. Like, you know, it's yeah. so easy to get wrapped up in that. I think, especially in really any industry and any part of your life but in the creative industry it's so easy to be like oh my god why didn't I do that but it's like you might not have even thought about that before or imagined yourself or seeing yourself like having done something like that before like it's so crazy how thoughts can just kind of do that it wasn't meant for you at this point yeah at this point it wasn't for you right now it but to see it clearly is coming in your like in your view for a reason Mm -hmm. you're seeing it for a reason because maybe it's a sign maybe it's something that's telling you that hey this is something you could experience too or this is something that's possible for you Mm -hmm. and if you look at it like that you're like oh shit this is something eventually god knows you know, where this will go, where this could go. Right. Like, it's just like, Oh wait, this could be something that eventually happens for me. Why not? Like I I use this and don't focus on the how I think also we get so caught up on the how Mm -hmm. I feel like we, when it comes to manifestation, it's really just like visualizing. Mm -hmm. You don't know how, when, where, when you start trying to control that, you don't act like you're the controller, you're God, like you're not, you know what I'm trying to say? All you can do is just be like, that's something I desire. And I can see myself having that. And, mm-hmm. and we, and I just let go of it, whatever it is, it's going to come in whatever form it does. And I'm telling you, as I told you how my life has come full circle, it's so weird. I never thought like, okay, even the whole quote unquote, rich and famous thing, like, and that's not even something that I would say now, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? But like, yeah, when I said that as a five-year-old, cause that's all I ever knew. I knew that people at that caliber are able to do things at a bigger scale. I knew mm-hmm. that at a young age, that if you have power, money, respect, you mm-hmm. somehow are able to make a bigger difference. People take advantage of that. We know that people abuse that, but we also know there is something that could be good out of that. You could do a lot of good out of that if you choose to. Right. And I feel like for me, that was kind of always the goal. If I get to a certain place where I can actually support people, but that doesn't mean I'm only going to wait till I get there to do it. I'm going to do it along the way. I'm going to show how much I care about this and how passionate about it. I am that I'm always going to do regardless of the resources I have, you know? And I think that like, when you look at things like that, you're trying to get to a certain goal, don't think about where you're at right now. Oh, I don't have anything. I have nothing, bro. I'm telling you, I had nothing. And I'm, I'm still like, I can say sometimes struggling, you know, yeah. but like, I'm getting there. I'm getting mm-hmm. to a better place, but it's yeah. like, 
it's a long journey, dude. And like, it's just, it's sometimes we say it's a short life. I think sometimes it's a long life. Like you, you have a lot of things. Yeah. Like still explore and do you're so, and I'm saying this to you, Carmen, you're so young, you know, like 26 is where I I started my healing journey. That Mm -hmm. sounds like a long time after is when I really started getting help. When I really started actually doing something about it. 26. Mm-hmm. I was depressed since wow. I was 12, you know? Yeah. Don't be hard on yourself. Like things will come when they need to come oh, and things. You. Yeah. And you are always going to be, everything's preparation for your, the next thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's almost creepy there. sometimes in a way yeah. too, how things just kind of lead down a certain path or like, obviously I think up until now I can safely say without actually saying a whole lot that uh, things have already happened for me in a weird way that I never would have imagined them happening. So focus on the how. Exactly. (laughs) Because I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I've focused on the how up until maybe like a year and a half ago. And that is what made things really complicated and made things a lot harder. And just I did too. Yeah, it takes a lot of that creativity away, takes a lot of that inspiration away. And then again, the whole thing of like having all these questions and you're like, why don't I have that answer yet? Like, why don't I just know? Like all that comes up with that. So I think mm-hmm. that's so important. So thank you. I think for it's that. important to also have like, of course, if you have, you have your goals and you try to make plans towards them, but don't get fixated on that is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. So of course you will think about how you're going to get to a certain place in certain ways, yeah. but it won't always be that way. That's yeah. the crazy part. When And I, I say when I was younger, I yes, I wanted to be an actor and I want I didn't know what, how that looked like. I remember the conventional way. And that's why I even thought about modeling. Cause I was like, I don't know. I saw a lot of people when they said they wanted to become an actor, they were found in the mall modeling. All that was sudden. always, yeah, the mall, the mall was the, <laughs> the mall was the story. Yes. <laughs> and so obviously you see my ass working at some retail store, trying to like get discovered. Yeah. You're like, guys, I'm just, this is just how I look all the time. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just trying to get discovered out here. Ain't nobody doing that in Canada. Uh, but <laughs> I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was those, those stories. And it's like but it didn't even come at all in those ways you know what mm-hmm, I mean it mm-hmm. came through a lot of baby steps and it came through like who would have known when we were young social media was gonna be yeah. a way like we did that didn't even exist but Seriously. somehow it manifested into something where people now are able to share themselves share their stories mm-hmm. and I even think about my grandparents like dude they came from a place where they didn't have cars at one point, you know, they were just in like wagons and like bikes and stuff, you know, and like, and walking, like that was their transportation to now come to a country where there's cell phones and you're talking to someone all the way around the world face to face like this. And you could be anywhere. Like they're seeing such a crazy manifestation of people's thoughts and reality and imagination coming to life. Yeah. No, it's so insane. I mean, going from that to like kids on hoverboards and whatever else, like, like what seeing that, but coming from something so, so different must be like, I'm just trying to like put myself in that position and think how 
jarring that is in a way, but also exciting, but like, it's all the things all at once. It's all the things. It's crazy. Like I just, I, and I say that because like now they get to, their stories will get to be heard. They're get, like, and that's why I feel like I feature seniors a lot in the work that we've done, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's because like they wouldn't have ever gotten their stories told otherwise or be documented. Yeah. And that was like such an important part for me. It was like, how do I document our stories in a way that people can resonate, but also get like they feel like their stories have been heard, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the source of even jaw the gut, like our podcast and what your podcast is trying to do, right. Is like, yeah. we're trying to document a moment in time and Absolutely. like, and how important it is to, to share those thoughts, those ideas, those things we never would have done before. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to quickly touch on with you before mm-hmm we kind of wrap this up is the collective because we have not yeah. talked about that a whole lot. Share, share what the collective is, or at, at this point, I should say what it isn't because it's kind of like all encompassing. It's so many different things, but please <laughs> share about it? that. And also share where people can find you online. Of course. Because um, I'd love to put that in. Yeah. Uh, so the collective is a creative agency that started with myself and Buljeet, um, I mentioned earlier, who is a filmmaker, photographer, writer, all the things uh, encompassed in one. And both of us had, I think it started from a place of just, I was again, getting so many great opportunities through K-Ray, but people didn't realize that I had this team that I was working with and I didn't get a chance to really negotiate budgets with them that allowed for payment of like the team and it was it was frustrating on my end because by the time I would pay team members or if I even got a little budget like it's like this barely is paying this you know what I mean like it's pennies at this point so it was just getting frustrating for me and I wanted to be able to make opportunities available for artists like yourself creatives that wouldn't get these opportunities otherwise. And how can we make sure that our entire team gets the work they deserve and also get to share their cool work in whatever capacity, right? So I feel like all of us have so many cool ideas and and we're not just working with clients and like, you know, we're we're working with clients that range from entrepreneurs, uh, businesses, artists, the list goes on, brands. And I think um, it also aligns with the the stuff that we want to do, which is eventually becoming a production company and mm-hmm. being able to do more short films, more series, more digital media stuff, or uh, even, you know, eventually maybe if television's still around, <laughs> like, you know, who knows? Cool who knows what, <laughs> yeah. what, it might come revamp and like do a whole thing, but like there is no limit, you know? And I think yeah. that's kind of what's nice about it. The collective came from that, I think when we were, especially in the last couple of years, we just kept hearing as the collective or the collectively we're doing this. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to like encompass how I feel about my team. I just feel like it's a collective effort all the time. And it's not just myself or just Baji or whatever. I think it's like, we, we are so lucky enough that we have a team that's so talented and we want to make everyone feel included in, in whatever capacity um, but also just like being able to know that we all are one. And, and yeah. I know that's something that's a huge concept for me. just everyone is equal. Everyone's one being, one 
you know, collective uh, machine almost. And I think um, we want to be able to share cool stuff through that. So yeah, hire us at any point. <laughs> Honestly, we'll do though, all of yeah, so it comes down to the services that we do is like branding and marketing, social media consultations, uh, where we kind of revamp your social media pages, video photography, graphic design, makeup artists. Uh, so there's just, there's so many cool things that are involved. Nails, hey. Oh yeah, hey, that's me. <laughs> I was like, we do nails? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Uh, that's so that's cool. Yeah. And also, can I just say, it's been so cool to be part of the journey and see how far it's come and see like that portfolio of work come together of everything that's been done by the collective so far. And obviously it's only just growing. There's more coming. There's so much being worked on right now. Like it's just so cool. It's, it's awesome to get to be part of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys. Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's such a passion of mine. I think if, we can't get anywhere without lifting each other up. So if I could do that in any capacity, like I mentioned before, that's just kind of my purpose. So I would rather like try to make it as easy and accessible if I have the resources and tools to do so, you know? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Check out our work. (laughs) Where can they find the work and you? Everything. If you want to follow me, please follow at K-A-Y double underscore R-A-Y. And then, um, and that's usually on IG. I don't really use Twitter anymore because it's too much. TikTok is K-Rayco as well as my YouTube channel, K-Rayco. So that's K-A-Y-R-A-Y-C-O. And you can find our short films on there and yeah. sketches and anarchy and all the cool things. And all the K-Ray. good things. And then with the collective, the Instagram is at B Y by the collective with a K. Ooh. So, yeah. I'm clapping. Not good for audio, but still. <laughs> this has been so cool. Thank you for sharing so many gems today and so much of your wisdom. Oh my gosh, look <laughs> this at me so like, wise. This was like a lecture, but in like the best way possible. <laughs> so I feel like I've learned a lot from it. I've learned so much about you. We've known each other oh for gosh. so long. I mean, I was still able to learn so much from you from this conversation. So thank you so much for being part of this and being on this episode. And I can't wait to see everything you come up with next. And I can't wait to see the next few Sundays. Hey, release. So I'm excited. Yes. Thank you, Carmen. You're like so incredibly talented and you have such a kind heart. And I honestly am so proud of you. I know I said this in the beginning, but I'm going to say it again. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. No, because the host needs to get also love. And so you are doing amazing, sweetie. I'm really proud of you. And Carmen, you've done like honestly so much, like you help so much with the projects that we've done over the years, just believing in us and, and being such a support in so many ways, like even like assisting, like with, I needed that at that time, you know, and it's like just having someone that's just so calm and collected (laughs) <laughs> oh my god thank you yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you have such a beautiful energy and I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing this oh thank you so much well I appreciate that also there was like literally no better way to get to know someone I think other than through 
a sort of assisting gig of some sort because (laughs) that was like it was like all from nothing to everything yes Um, getting to talk to you kind of pick your brain learn so much about you learn so much about different roles so thank you for that experience and yeah yeah. always there always ready to do more (laughs) I love that well I can't wait If you're still here, then thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. I appreciate it so, so much. Like, seriously, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you listening. So thank you for your time and thanks for joining this episode. And a huge thank you to Karen for taking time out to join me for this episode. It was genuinely so much fun to chat with her and get to pick her brain and just catch up overall. So I'm super glad that we got to record together. If you want to chat or learn more about this episode, go ahead and DM me on Instagram at the Trying Times Podcast or leave me a voicemail like I said earlier. And I cannot forget to mention, if you want to check out Karen's work and the work that's being created over at The Collective, go ahead and check out all of that in the episode description. I have all of that linked in there for you. So yeah, go click away, follow away, whatever you want to do. Again, thank you so much for listening and we'll chat again soon, okay? Bye.